Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Taken by the Sea. This is the author, John Rosetta, and we have a special uh, episode for you today. I'm going to be answering questions that uh, you, the readers and reviewers, uh, have been asking about the book so far, and I'm really excited to uh, dive into some of these topics. Uh, please don't forget to follow us on all of our social media platforms, and um, yeah, for more information and more uh, wonderful stuff about the book. Uh, it's uh, It's been really fun uh, for me as an author to get all of your feedback, and um, I'm excited to uh, see what all of you think about the story as it continues to evolve. So uh, without further ado, let's dive into the first question. Which of the characters that we've met so far are real and which are fictional? This is the question I get asked uh, the most, so it's a, it's a good place to start. Um, so William Harris is a real person. He is uh, the protagonist of this story, and um, it is essentially his story and uh, the, the perils that he went through in his life. Uh, Mary, Mary Dobson, is also real. And um, we there are people who are shades of real, <laughs> if we, for lack of a better term. Uh, we know that William's father was... Um, also a merchant, uh, also a bookmaker. And um, there's there's some evidence that there was a family history of, of being merchants around that time and into the 1700s. Uh, Mary, we know mostly through William. Um, unfortunately, we wish we knew more about her, but, um, you know, we, we know that she did exist and they did have a relationship. Uh, Marcus is, is not real. Uh, he's based off of a few different people from that time period. And, um, yeah, the, the kind of the course of the book is that we, we are mixing, uh, people who were real and uh, who were not. And that is the, uh, that is the essence of historical fiction. What was the purpose of introducing the South Sea Princess in Chapter 1? This was a tough scene to write, but one that I felt needed to be included in the story. Uh, it's, it's mainly put in to kind of put you in the mindset of what life was like in the 1830s. Uh, the notion of equality among human beings uh, is not something that was present uh, at the time, uh, especially uh, in, in Europe. Um, people of you know, different races and different parts of the world were not seen in the same way as Europeans were seen and how they viewed themselves. Um, also, uh, which uh, we'll get to in, in later chapters, um, the world was a very big place at that time, and there was just not a lot of knowledge of other cultures, of what the world was, and the people who lived in different parts of the world. Um, I understand how uh, this could be a bit uh, triggering or, or upsetting for some people, but it... I think it was a necessary addition to the story to kind of put you in the mindset of this kind of uh, unfortunate cultural superiority that people of the time really um, felt that they had over other races and other, uh, you know, other cultures. And um, that's an important part of the uh, story, especially coming up. And um, yeah, something that I think that needed to be stated quite early on in the book. What is Guy Fawkes Night, and why is it featured so prominently in the story? 
Our uh, British listeners uh, will know this very well, that Guy Fawkes Night uh, is a very important night in the British calendar. Um, it was very fun for me when I lived there to uh, experience it. Uh, basically derives from a uh, failed attempt to uh, kill uh, King James I and uh, blow up the Houses of Parliament in London uh, in the early 1600s, which would be about uh, 200 years before the events of um, uh, what we're talking about in this book, in Taken by the Sea. Uh, The reason I included it, not just because it was fun and I have fond memories of it personally, um, but uh, I kind of needed a focal point for... uh, for Mary and William to meet. And, uh, it just seemed perfect for it to be on two separate consecutive Guy Fawkes nights, um, which, uh, every, every British person will know is, uh, you know, the 5th of November. So remember, remember the 5th of November, as they say, but, um, it, it's a bit of, uh, it was a bit of fun, but also a bit of convenience as a storyteller. And, uh, you kind of, uh, look for those kinds of uh, ways to incorporate not just history and culture, but also um, ways to serve the story. And I, I think this it really worked well in that way. How accurate is William's career in newspaper publishing? How much of what we've heard so far is true? So we do know that William was a bookmaker, which at the time could have mean, meant a, a great many things, including newspaper publishing, but also actual bookmaking, uh, as in you know, physical books, uh, but also leaflets, uh, you know, any kind of uh, promotional items. Um, so we, we are taking a few liberties here with uh, what we know, and unfortunately we don't know entirely what his business was doing. We just know he was a bookmaker, which, uh, yeah, as, as I said at the time, could have meant quite a few things. Um, but he wasn't a fairly successful member of the merchant class at that time. And uh, we are taking a few liberties, uh, which I won't get into as far as um, how successful the business was. Uh, perhaps at a later uh, one of these uh, question and answer episodes, I can get into that. But, um, you know, he, we know he was successful. Uh, we know that he was pretty prominent and he had a pretty high uh, public uh, image at the time in Britain. Can you provide us with any hints on what to look for in the chapters ahead? Be prepared for things to get pretty crazy. <laughs> this is the this is the more tame part of the story um, to kind of establish William as a uh, as a character and to kind of set the uh, stage for a lot of interesting things to come. I would say that if you're looking to kind of analyze what the uh, chapters have told us so far, very important to take a look at uh, Mary and Marcus and their relationship to each other as well as to William. We know that from the intro and outros to these uh, chapters that William is betrayed and he's betrayed by someone that is close to him. We don't know who that is yet. And uh, that's a big focal point of uh, the first third of Taken by the Sea. So hope that uh, gives you a little bit of hint without giving too much away. Thank you, everybody, for listening. It really means the world uh, to all of us who work on these episodes. And um, please uh, send your questions over to us through our social media handles. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Until then, we'll be back next time with another great episode of Taken by the Sea. And uh, thank you again for listening.